Hey friend, welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. We are well on the way into our second year. Wait, would that be our second year? No, our third year. We are starting our third year of Fig and Farm at Home podcast. I am so glad you're here. If you didn't know, we are doing a giveaway and it is only open for a couple more days. So if you have been listening for a while, if you are a fan, if you have shared about what you've learned or done something in your home that was from the podcast, hey, we are design besties and I want to give you something for being a design bestie. So how do we do that? I want you to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star written review screenshot it and share it with me so that I know who it was that gave that review and I can give you some goodies. I've got three things to give away and I can't wait to bless some of you in the ways that you have blessed me these past two years. All right, friends, we today are starting a brand new summer series. It is a series based on systemizing your home. Most of the time here at Fig and Farm at Home, we're talking about creating space that is designed for you, a space that reflects your family story, space that feels cohesive, that you are proud to be in. And we are not diverging from that with the summer series. What's happening with this is that these are systems that are created and designed to be used in your home so that you can have your home serve you a little bit more so that you can enjoy it, but mostly so you can enjoy the people who you share your home with. So today, at the time of recording, it is a significant day for me. Most of you listening are already on summer break. Some of you are already pulling out your hair thinking, what do I do with these kids one more day? And some of you are just beginning like me. Today is the day where one of my kiddos, he has a last day of school. Tomorrow, the other two, it is their last day. And I know that no matter how much I love having them home, it is a system interrupt. It is a schedule interrupt. It is a time for fun and play, but it is also and can be sometimes a little tricky until you get into the routine of being at home well. And so today we're talking about systemizing your home with summer schedules. And I'm not going to tell you which camps to go to. I'm not going to tell you how to manage your time. I'm not going to tell you about that, but I am going to give you a couple tips for the kids and for the mama so that you are not pulling out your hair. (laughs) (laughs) so that you are not listening to the sounds of I'm bored constantly on repeat, or so that you're not looking up and seeing your kiddos on screens 24-7. Does that sound like a nice thing? (laughs) All right, friends, stick around. You may want to take some notes for this. And if you have little ones or big ones, this is for you too. All right, friends, enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, 
where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Staying home with my boys for the summer is one of the highlights of the entire year. And as they were little, when they were really little, it didn't look very different than one day to the next, but it didn't really start changing until they went to school and they got used to the routine of school and then came home. And that transition home, when they were kind of teeny tiny in the early elementary years, was really hard. Transitioning from the structure to the loosey-goose nature of summer breaks was really difficult. And as they grew, and as we adapted to what that transition looked like, some of the, the things I put into place in the early days, I still hold true to today even though they are teenagers. Of course, a lot of them have a lot looser boundaries than what it looked like when they were teeny tiny, but all of this can be applied whether you have a six-year-old who is transitioning from the summer to a 16-year-old who is waiting until their summer job starts, which is in the middle of the summer, which is in my case. (laughs) Apparently, we started the process too late. But regardless, when you as the mama are staying home with them, when you are busy trying to not necessarily be their entertainer, maybe you are running a business, maybe you just want a couple hours so you can do some of the home chores you normally do, maybe you run a volunteer program, maybe you just want to have your girlfriends over for a cup of tea and a Bible study, whatever it is that you're wanting to do, this system is designed to help you mamas enjoy the time with your kiddos more because you want, you've gone into the summer with realistic expectations, with realistic parameters, and you've laid the groundwork for your kiddos as well without being the overbearer, over-nagging mama who says, all of these things need to be done. The chores need to be done. The things need to be done before you can get one ounce of screen time. Now, let me stop right there and just say, have I had those moments? Yep, Absolutely. <laughs> Do I strive to not? Yep, absolutely. But it's not perfect. But sometimes when you go in with preparation, planning, and managing your expectations, you can enjoy those moments all the more. So we're going to break today's episode into two parts. We're going to talk about tips for the mama and tips for the kiddos. For most of us, gone are the days when We would have our moms send us out the door with a sack lunch and say, I will see you later when the streetlights come on. (laughs) Oh, and if you get thirsty, take a drink from the water hose. It doesn't matter who's, just the neighbor next door, the one down the street, one at the park, wherever you can find water, go ahead and just take a drink. There were no water bottles back then. (laughs) Gone are those days. And so we want to set you up for success. So we are starting with the mamas. I have three tips for you. The first one is to manage your expectations. We know that little ones, whether they are little or they are big, there are big, mindful, thoughtful, exciting ideas for what is going to happen in the summers, right? And you as mom, you might be thinking, yeah, well, I can't take you to Disneyland every day, or I can't take you to the water park every day, and we can't necessarily afford to go to a camp every week. So buddy, go outside and play. And as much as I would love to say it works like that, sometimes you might have kids who actually do thrive in the go outside and play, but some of them need a little bit more structure, a little bit more guidance, a little bit more of the opportunity to 
know the parameters for what to choose. And knowing what your kiddo, how your kiddo thrives in that directive, in that set of directions is going to be really critical for managing your own expectations as well. And what you're going to do with your time once you do send them outside to play. So ask yourself the question, does my kiddo need some guidance when I say go outside and play? And if they do, I'm going to walk you through, when you talk about the kids, I'm going to walk you through some ideas for setting some of that structure for the guidance. And if you think, this is silly, of course kids know how to play. Maybe your kids do, and if they do, awesome. But if your kids, when they've been told to go outside and play, come back in about 10 minutes and they have bypassed all of their baseball gloves, their pogo sticks, their basketballs, their scooters, their skateboards, all of the things, and they say, I don't know what to do, or the proverbial, I'm bored, that is a good indicator that they might need a few parameters. Research shows, and it has shown time and time again, that kiddos thrive on structure. Even if that structure is, choose from this box, choose from these three sets of things. With just a teeny tiny bit of structure, a teeny tiny bit of guidance and parameter setting, and depending on how old the kiddos are, they might need a little bit more than less, the time that they are sent outside to play is going to be more productive for you if you need to send that email or get dinner prepped or whatever task you have on hand for the moment. Managing expectations for the mama also includes understanding the reality behind how much time you actually have to work now that kiddos are home. What do your days look like now? And do they look the same as when they were at school? Probably not. If you are working from home and you had a five hour chunk of time when you dropped kiddos off until they came home, you are likely not going to have that same five-hour chunk of time. So managing those expectations and, and setting realistic boundaries so that you can think productively and plan accordingly is going to lead to less frustration for you, but also alleviate some of that stress that comes and that mama guilt that just naturally pops up. The things that say, I have got to get this done, but I really want to play with my kids. So understanding what time parameters you actually have and how you can use that time according to work and play. And that goes to tip number two, which is planning is key. Planning is key. Planning is prevention. When we are trying to avoid behaviors, misbehaviors, the repeated, I'm bored, I'm bored, can I just have my screen? When you're trying to avoid that, planning is going to be your friend. And that all goes with managing your expectations. So you probably at this point of your, of your summer already have the big vacations laid out. We're not worried about the big vacations, but what we're worried about are the teeny tiny little days that are in between the vacations. So as you are approaching your week, I encourage you to take a day to think about the week ahead. Think about what all of the tasks are for each of the days, where the kids need to go, what time periods that you already know are going to be happening. Of course, summer breeds spontaneity and we want that for our kiddos and we want that for us too. But a lot of the things you already know, you know that you might have camp drop off at nine o'clock and pick up at three, or you might know that you don't have any camp at all, but your kiddo's going to volunteer at the Humane Society from noon to two. And allowing yourself to know what you have scheduled each week allows you to work backwards to schedule in your work blocks. And if you go in with the expectation or the idea that I work five hours a day, that's going to be the same through the summer, 
with my kids home, but you need to run them from here to Timbuktu every single day. Already you're going to be setting yourself up for disappointment because that five hours is going to be reached probably at different hours of the day or leading into dinner time or late nights or earlier mornings than you want to. So taking that day each week to plan just for the week ahead so that you can realistically plan your time blocks around what is happening in the schedules of your kiddos. Now, you can get more time back by outsourcing, right? You can co-op, you can carpool, you can create more time and space for you if you need it, but you might not know that you need it until you sit down and do that weekly plan. Asking yourself, how much time do I realistically have this week to get the work done? Whatever work that is for you, and how much time do I actually need? So if there's a time deficit, you're not caught off guard, you're not frustrated, you're not causing any undue stress because you already know what to expect for the week. One of the ways I am building this into my weekly schedule, because I'm not changing a whole lot of what I'm doing this summer, I am still producing the podcast, I am still writing a blog each week, I am still marketing, I'm still doing all of those things, but I also really love summertime. I really love playing with the boys. I love going on hikes. I love playing in the lake, and I want to make space for all of that. So one intentional thing I'm doing this summer that I've not done yet is I am letting the boys revert to the summertime schedule, just like normal. They go to bed a little later. They wake up a little later. But for me, I am keeping my school schedule. I normally wake up during the school year at 530 so I can have my quiet time and go work out and then take kiddos to school and all that. But I'm going to keep that the same. Usually, I let myself sleep in a little bit. I start my day a little later. And this year, in an effort to be more intentional with my time, I'm actually going to still wake up at 5.30, still have the same morning routine, and then I'm going to get my day started. And I might even surprise myself with a quiet hour or so while the boys are still quietly, slowly waking up and acclimating to the day ahead. (laughs) So I'm counting on that one power hour right in the morning where I'm able to get a lot of work done independently of the noise and company. And then depending on the weekly plan, I will know what hours I have to work during that day in order to get some of the work done that I, I have for my business. Tip number three, though, is to have fun, to allow yourself the flexibility, the time, the space, the energy to have fun and play with your kiddos, remembering what it was like when you were their age and you looked forward with expectation and hope at the summer ahead, remembering that and channeling your inner, your inner kiddo so that you can enjoy playtime too. Summers are meant to be fun and playful. And pretty soon, before you blink, your kiddos are going to be grown and spending their summers doing other things. So enjoy that time with your kiddos as well. Give yourself the permission to let go of the chores that are bogging you down or take that one thing off your to-do list for the week if it doesn't necessarily fit in. Give yourself the permission and allow yourself the time to play. Setting your kiddos up for success during the summer is going to look similar in that you want to help manage their expectations. They might already come into the table. They may already come with backpacks flinging, ready to kick off their shoes and say, all right, party time, let's have summer. 
(laughs) And you know what you need, mama, but they might not know what to expect. They might think, you know what? It is free for all. I get to do whatever I want, how I want, when I want, stay up as much as I want, have all the screen time I want, eat the bonbons, you name it. And that might be the expectation until you let them know otherwise. So the very first tip for you is to help them understand the expectations of the summer. Being clear about what it is, the parameters of maybe what you need, because clear communication is going to be essential here. But what you need as a work from home mom or what you might need in order to run that volunteer organization you run or what it is that you might need just on a managing the home day to day basis, what you need and what you need from them in order to meet your needs. And that is okay. So allowing them into that conversation, especially if they're a little bit older, hey, mom needs two hours of work on Monday, two hours of work on Wednesday, and just an hour each of the other days. So letting them know ahead of time so that they are not constantly interrupting, constantly asking you for snacks, constantly asking you for screen time, or saying that they're bored allows an expectation to be met and a schedule to start forming. But when they don't know what the expectations are, that's when unmet expectations on their part, start turning into disappointment and can then turn into behavior problems. And we don't want that for you or for them. Tip number two is to provide structure if they need it. Now, I'm not talking about taking them to camp or making sure that they are being watched by a friend. Although if that is what you have in your schedule, fantastic. But these are the times when you are needing that little bit of work time done or you're not, you are just wanting them to have productive time that doesn't look like sitting in front of a screen. And if your kiddos are needing a little bit more guidance, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, if they're needing a little bit more guidance in what to choose or how to be productive with their time, and the directive of go outside and play, or go to your room and play, or go to the playroom and play, if that doesn't cut the snuff for them, they're going to need more. So here's what I did when my kiddos were really little. I did it out of necessity, and it is still something I do even I will do this summer, and my kiddos are now full-blown teenagers. (laughs) Of course, it looks different, and the boundaries are way loosey-goosey. But it gives them a little bit of an expectation, a little bit of a schedule to keep so that I can still have my time to do my business, to do the business while I set them up for success. So when they were little, I implemented what was called daily five. And this was taken, if you are a classroom teacher, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you're not, your kiddos, if they're in first grade, second grade, maybe kindergarten, they do a thing called daily five. And it's five different skills based around the language arts arena. In this case, in summer, I'm not keeping it language art specific. I'm not keeping it any homework specific. I'm not doing anything like that, but I am choosing five tasks. And so we do call it daily five. And I've chosen those five tasks as general umbrellas. So for example, my daily five tasks for my kiddos when they were little were exercise, When they were really little, I just called it what it was, like school PE, (laughs) but exercise. Um, Another task, another, another of the daily five is something learning, something creative, 
something independent because they need independent time too. When they were really little, of course, it looked like nap time or maybe it looked like rest time, quiet time, but independent time where sometimes you know, being around your sibling 24 seven, you can get under each other's skin. So setting some time aside so that they can have some time to be by themselves. Maybe it's indoors, maybe it's outdoors, maybe it's in their room, whatever it is, giving them that time and space is a good thing. And then number five is something with a buddy and that buddy can be with a friend. It can be with their, their brothers or siblings. It can be together with a group of friends But those are the five things that I expect to happen during the day. I also, this is just a given on any weekend day at around our house, we have chores. And so those chores are automatically tied into the success of whether or not they are allowed their technology time. Now, setting aside those five umbrellas of the daily five activities, that's, that's one thing, but giving them ideas for what belong in those categories is another. The littler they are, the more guidance they need, sometimes even the more prep work you give them. So if I had a five-year-old and maybe a seven-year-old, I might have their daily five, and this would go into my planning time at the beginning of the week. You know, the one where I said, map out your time so that you know what it is you're going to be working on, how much time you have to work. I would map this out there as well. And what that might look like is during their creativity time, I might actually have something laid out for them that is their creation station. I might have watercolors all ready to go set out so that they know when it's time for their creative time, it's there and set up. When they get a little bit older, they might choose. Maybe I have cards laid out for them so they know they can choose watercolor or they can choose Play-Doh. Maybe I've written those ideas on sticks when they're readers and they're reading independently. Maybe I have a little bucket that says creative time and they get to choose. They just draw a stick. Knowing that the parameters are all within that little bucket, but they get to have a little bit of independent choice when they choose a stick is really very powerful and more powerful than you might understand or realize unless you are six holding up that stick and thinking, you know what? I don't actually want to play Play-Doh. I want to do this. It gives them power of choice within the confines, the structure of what you need. So as they are younger, I would brainstorm. I would have a little box of ideas for them so that they can know what kinds of things they can do for exercise. Maybe they can go to the backyard. Maybe they can play baseball. Maybe they can ride their bike around the block. Maybe they can walk with their buddy, their buddy up to the park. Maybe they can shoot hoops. Whatever it is that is safe, a safe choice for them in your area, in your home, in your yard is going to be helpful. But sometimes just like saying go outside and play, they need they might need a teeny tiny little bit more guidance. And so having that brainstorming idea and having them involved in that brainstorming idea is really very critical. Now for the learning, when they were little, it looked like some of those little workbooks you might get from Costco. It might just be reading. It might be doing a puzzle. It might be doing crossword puzzles they get a little older it might be playing school it can look like all kinds of things but what does it look like for you it might be playing a couple games that are more learning based and you get the idea going through each category now whatever your daily five are 
think creatively for what things your kiddos enjoy doing, what things they are good at doing, especially independently. For the creative part, I know that I can put Legos as an option, or I could when they were little, Legos as an option, but it wouldn't appeal to all three boys. So having other ideas as well is would be something that gives them the power of choice, sets them up for success, and allows you the time and space you need to get the work done that you might need to get done. As they've gotten older, and what it will look like even now as teenagers, it looks like these are the things you can choose. I'm not setting a time limit around those things. I will check in with you. We will have a verbal brainstorm, but you are now pretty much independent and able to pick one of your things. I just want to know what it is you're doing. And honestly, if they are choosing to play Legos for five hours straight, if I need five hour work chunk, great. That's fine with me. What I don't want is them to come to me and say I'm bored. What I don't want is to come in, take a break, go upstairs and see that they're on their screen. What I don't want is them to not use their time productively or wisely and be a hermit all summer. What I want is them to be well-rounded. And so I might say, hey, have you gone outside and stretched your legs a bit? Hey, go see your friend down the street. Go check on him. See what he's up to. I might need to provide that little reminder for them, but still having the parameter, the idea, the simple framework that has now become looser and goosier as they are older, but it, they still know what the expectations are. And the expectations are the key here. The expectations are that no, we are not on our screen from morning till night. No, we are not sitting around with our feet up saying, <laughs> feed me, feed me, mom, all day long. No, the expectation is not that you can make a mess of the house and then do whatever it is you want all day long and expect me to clean up after you. Those are not the expectations. These are the expectations. These are the things you can choose to spend your time doing. And that is the point here. But as they are littler, of course, they're going to need more parameters, more structure, more of a safety net, if you will. The third tip, just like you are providing yourself opportunities for play, provide opportunities for them to play as well. And I don't just mean play Play-Doh during their creation station. I don't just mean going outside and playing basketball. I mean trying something new. When you have built in play into your daily routine or your weekly routine or your summertime block, build it into theirs as well. How are you inspiring and encouraging and creating opportunities for them to learn something new and play in a different way? Play in a way that they don't normally get to during the, the school year. Play in a way they don't normally get to while you're working at home. What are some ways that you can do that? And if it's camp, fantastic. Let it be camp. If it is a hike to a fun rope ladder, let them do that with you, of course, because you'll want to go do that too. <laughs> but allowing and providing opportunities, and that's going to go into that weekly planning time. What kind of little fun adventures can you pinpoint? And they don't all have to be paid adventures. What can they be? One summer I took my boys and we decided to have a, what did we call it? We called it a a park exploration or something like that, where we tried to find each week, we tried to find one new park we have never been to before. And we, oh, we called it tour of parks. And we took a tour of parks. And what it looked like was we would get into the car after lunchtime and we would drive around until we found a new park. 
Of course, we are living in suburbia, so we didn't have to drive too far. We didn't have to extend out of our neighborhood too far. But what that turned into was so much fun. We found new things to play and explore. We found our favorites, and we ended up doing it more than once a week because we had so much fun touring the parks. And tip number four is similar to the expectations setting those, but this is inconsistency. Knowing that if you are consistent and setting those consistent expectations for your kiddos, consistency is key. And allowing them to thrive within that structure, within those parameters, within the weekly meetings, within the the expectations that you're setting for them, you are going to have more success and less frustration. Even if your consistency is every Monday, choose your own adventure. Whatever it is you want to do, let's do it. Even if your consistency is every Tuesday morning, I am going to work from 10 to noon. Fantastic. But it's when you change up the consistency of the expectations, the schedules, the routine, what it is that they are expected of in their day-to-day, that is when more words like, I'm bored, (laughs) will creep in. So if you are consistent in what you are wanting from them, if you're consistent in bringing them into the plan, if you're consistent in keeping those playdates happening, you are going to set yourself up for a wonderful, wonderful summer. All right, friends, I hope those tips are helpful. We are going to come back a few more times throughout the summer. It won't be next week, but a few weeks down the road where we're going to talk a little bit more about systemizing your home in a different way. But I want to hear from you. How do you want to learn to systemize your home? Some of you have mentioned you want to know laundry systems, organizing systems, cleaning systems, decluttering systems, meal planning systems. Some of you have mentioned those to me already. So I want to hear from you. What are some of the ways that you want to learn to manage your home well so that you can really open up the time and the space to love the people well who you're sharing your home with. I want to hear from you. Send me an email at hello at figandfarmathome.com. And don't forget, you have two more days to enter the giveaway. I can't wait to bless three of you with a couple of my decorating SOS phone calls or a $50 Target gift card. All right, friends, until next time, I will see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go. If you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.